you are listening to The Dudes, bringing you wall-to-wall coverage of all Mississippi State athletics. Featuring Reflector Sports Editor Tanner Marlar and WMSV Sports Director Cody Blazak. of the dudes alongside Tanner Marler. I am Cody Blazak. The Mississippi State basketball team took on Kentucky this past Tuesday. Tough loss in overtime. Hopefully they will be trying to make a bounce back come this Saturday. Yes, sir. Bulldogs on the road at Texas Tech headed to Lubbock. Cody, if you're going to play in Texas, you got to bring a fiddle or Iverson Molinar, one or the other. One or the other, and Bulldogs expected to do just that as they're going to walk into Lubbock this Saturday and try to take a much-needed Quadrant 1 win outside of conference play. Cody, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking uh, ahead of this huge contest? Yeah, I think it's an absolutely huge... I apologize. My mic was off. I did that once again before. That a boy. Hey, we're trying, to, we're trying to work with the audio that we're adding songs in, so... It's a little more work. I get a little more distracted. But anyway, it is fixed Cody now. Cody distracted? Anyway, it's it's fixed now. But going into Texas for Texas Tech, uh, you're coming off a, just a tough, tough loss to Kentucky. You were down 17 in the second half with 17 minutes to go. Then out of nowhere, you find yourself in overtime with the number 12 team in the nation playing an away game. Listen, if, if if we would have won that game, my lord, Starkville would have erupted. This team would be as hot as you can get. And I would be incredibly confident about Texas Tech. But even with us losing that game, I think it's good motivation. We just went to overtime with the number 12 team in the nation. We could have beat them. We play the number 13 team in the nation now. So I think it'll be fun walking into that game, I believe, come 5 o'clock on Saturday night. Well, Cody, and you know, it's tough. It's tough to to say, it's tough to put into words exactly how that game made me feel personally about this team because there was obviously so many good things that happened, but you didn't get the win. And the glaring discrepancy that I've seen in this team so far this season, and I wrote about it a little bit post-game on Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, there's a glaring problem that we've seen in big games with this team. They've played one big game for a full 40 minutes. You know, you look at Colorado State, you look at Minnesota. Minnesota, you come out flat. You look at Colorado State, you end flat. You look at Florida, you play the whole game flat. But you look at Bama, and that's a full 40-minute game. You look at Ole Miss, which, you know, in terms of net rankings and whatnot, not a huge game, but... In terms of the rivalry, a big game. You played those two for 40 minutes. If this team plays for 40 minutes, they can compete and beat anybody, I think. The problem 
is getting to play for a full 40 minutes. Because if you take out the free throws, obviously if you hit a pair of free throws, that game doesn't even go to overtime for one. But you also have to think shooting 29% in the first half? I mean, come I mean, you played 20 minutes and you went to overtime with a, with a what I think is a top 10 team in the country, possibly top five. The team has the talent. We've known that all year. But if they have to show up for a full 40 minutes, and that's the problem we're seeing. And if they go on the road to Lubbock this Saturday and they play the full 40 minutes, I think they walk out of there with a win. But they've got to play. They've got to show up. No, yeah, I, I agree. <clears throat> Tolu was out. I'm not sure how big of a difference he would have made. Also, Ty Ty Washington out for Kentucky. So Yeah, so I think that evens out. Yeah, I think it's one of those give-and-take sort of things. Um, even it out, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, we say even it out. If Tolu's in, though, does Oscar Shibway have 21 rebounds? See, that's the thing. I'm not sure. Oscar Shibway is a different animal, and I'm not sure there's any man in the country that can truly keep him off the boards. Does he do a better job than Garrison? I really think it depends which Tolu shows up. Y- you know... We talk about Shibway having these rebounds and everything. Go, next time you watch him play, watch how many of those rebounds are offensive rebounds because he thing. Most breaks of, his shots because he can't are, score. I mean, most I, of them are offensive rebounds. They're and from his missed shots. They are. But if you can't block him out on those missed shots, it doesn't matter. Yeah, no, you're right. He's, he's, gen- he's, he's an athletic freak of nature is what he is. Yeah, so uh, maybe Tolu would have been a game-changer. We don't know. It's not. We're not. It's in the past now, and yeah. But it's one of those things where it is so aggravating to come so close. What's even more crazy to me is Iverson Molinar had thirty points. He averages at the moment after that game eighteen point four points per game. How in the world are you scoring twenty two and a half? You scored more than you average in a half in twenty minutes. You scored it, and you can't. That's what I'm saying. They didn't play in the first half. And, you know, it's a trend that they do this almost every game, it feels like. They're, you know, they say football teams, you're a fourth-quarter team. This is a second-half team. But you can't be that in college basketball. If you if they can somehow manage to play average the first half, I think they have a chance in every game. When you play – I agree. When you but play the average below, for this team is an incredibly solid team. Yeah, it's uh, – Tolu – or, excuse me, not Tolu, Garrison Brooks – was hit or miss during that game, Gave o- g- turned the ball over when they were down six in overtime, which essentially sealed the game for Kentucky. You know, you talk about Garrison being hit and miss. Garrison did have his good moments. He scored in the paint. I mean, when he got to sh- – when he when he was able to get two feet in the paint, he scored on Oscar. He didn't – I mean, uh, take out his numbers from the free throw line and obviously to Sheboy's numbers, I don't think Garrison has a bad game. But you want to know who was who had no hits and was all missed this game? DJ Jeffries. I mean, come on. It it hurt. That pump fake shot in overtime. And it may you know, I I've seen some people arguing, oh, he got fouled. It doesn't matter. He had two guys on you. Somebody's gotta be open. No, yeah, it, it is a bad it was a bad play. There, there's nothing else to say about it. For granted it in my opinion, it did look like a foul. And I know I don't, I'm not going to blame the game because a ref didn't make this call. Because yeah, no. this wasn't uh, 
this this didn't that didn't change. But the it game. wasn't just that shot either. There was a point. There was a point. I think it was early in the second half, or maybe late in the first. DJ Jeffries had a turnover, a clear path foul, which resulted in two technical shots and a possession for the other team, or maybe it was one technical shot, and another turnover, all in the span of what looked like about thirty seconds. I mean, you just can't have that. You cannot have that. Because I think they actually scored off of the possession that the clear path foul got them to. I mean, it's bad. He, yeah. That was the worst game he's played. Another thing is the, the way these players rotate, is it, one just drives me insane. There's a lot of substitutions. Rocket Watts played, and I wasn't sure if he was going to. And played well. That I don't understand why you take a guy out that plays 15 minutes and scores nine points. And I'm not saying if you left him in for 30 minutes, he scores 18. But if you if you work that way, he's going to score more. But the problem with Rocket is, who do you play him over? Because as big as Kentucky is at the wing spots, now granted, they're not the biggest team in the country. I think Toshiba is, what, 6'9", six, six, maybe 6'10". Six, he's not a legit 7'. Put him at, but if you put, put him, him at severe Wheeler, if you put him, but who's Iverson going to guard at that point? Someone I mean, he's going to have to guard bigger. the three. He's not. I love Iverson, but I don't think he's big enough to guard the three. He's got to guard the one of the two. You know, Shaquille Moore's not big enough to guard the three. Uh, Shaquille Moore definitely isn't big enough. No, to. he's got to guard the, the one the of the issue, two. The, the issue with Rocket, and he's a great offensive player. He can score. He is. He is a nightmare for your defense. See, I. He's and not the best. Not that he's he's not the best. It's it's not that he's just a god awful terrible defensive player because that's not the case. It's matching him up is the issue exactly. because, because of if the he, rest if of the team. He's on the floor. If he's on the floor with Iverson and Shaq, it's a matchup nightmare. It is, and unless a team that unless you're playing a team that goes small ball, which no, I don't think any team is going to do against Mississippi State. You can't you can't play those three on the floor together because the, none of them are taller than six foot two. Yeah, it, it is an issue, but I don't know. An- another thing, we'll, we'll move on to another topic, and it is it's when players are hot and they're shooting well. Why do they stop? And it's driving me insane because Shaquille Moore, he went three of eight on the night. Not not great, almost fifty percent. But well, those he three went were three huge threes. Of or I said, th- did I say three of eight or three? Well, of four? he only hit three shots all the, the whole night. I think, and he went three of four from three point land. Why are you not shooting the ball more? Well, they started hedging him up on screens. So the three, the two threes he hit the top of the key, the the defender went underneath the screen and he pulled it. And the one that he hit, the the other one I, I he hit, I can't remember off the top of my head the defensive situation, but he just found himself open. They started hedging him on those those off ball screens and those ball screens, and it takes away the three point shot, uh, and that's that's just that's good basketball on on Kentucky's part, which you expect out of them. But I would have liked to see, I would have loved to have seen Shaquille Moore taking that last three point attempt, other than DJ Jeffries personally, but you know plays break down and stuff happens. I get it. Yeah, just a tough tough situation for the Bulldogs. Drop that game, eighty-two seventy-four in overtime in Rupp Arena. Uh, Kentucky is number twelve in the reason we'll give it to them. Very well, could have been a Mississippi State win. Uh, 
did you check the the net rankings after that game? Yeah, they went up. We, we went, went up. up. Yeah, Isn't and rightfully crazy? so. I mean, you take a you take a what I think is widely considered to be a top ten team to overtime at their place. I think it's deserved. Yeah, I do too. It's just odd to see something like that, but tough game is all I can say. It was a it was a heartbreaker nonetheless. Watching them get back into it and then just not being able to finish the game off with a win. Nonetheless, we still have games left in the season. The SEC Big 12 Challenge comes around to us this Saturday around the league. A lot of good matchups will be going on for that challenge for the SEC and Big 12. Just to name a few, the one we are in, Mississippi State and number 13 Texas Tech. Number 19 LSU will be taking on TCU. Oklahoma will be taking on number one Auburn. Missouri will take on number 23 Iowa State. West Virginia will travel to Arkansas. This is what I think will be the best game of the day. Number four Baylor at Alabama. I think that's a fantastic matchup. I don't know what is wrong with Alabama losing and winning some of the games they have. They are they are an interesting team to watch. Yeah. Uh, Kansas State travels to Ole Miss. Oklahoma State travels to Florida. Number 18, Tennessee, will travel to Texas. And what could be the the best game of the day, in someone else's opinion, and I still think this will be a phenomenal game, number 12, Kentucky, will travel to number 5, Kansas. Huge game. Huge, Huge game. And personally, not just because I'm SEC biased, I want Kentucky winning that game. On the pure fact, Mississippi State looks a lot better. It boosts boosts Mississippi State stock. Mississippi State will look a lot better. Well, we'll dive into Texas Tech and Mississippi State. Initial uh, thoughts of this game are, uh, this is my initial thought of this game. I am so thankful Mac McClung will not be playing because he is in the NBA or the G League or wherever he is. Because, personally, I feel like Mac McClung would tear up our defense just Craft, he would do what Iverson Molinar does. Literally replicated is what it feels like. But going into this game, odds are not with us. Texas Tech, 75% favorite. I do not believe the odds are out at the second. I cannot find them. What are your initial thoughts on uh, how this game will play out? It's going to be, I think it could be a dogfight. I really do. You look at Texas Tech, and that's a very talented squad, and it has been for quite some time now. They, they're a sound squad. They're a well-coached squad, and I'm I know I'm giving a lot of press press conference answers here, but that's just what they are. You know what you're getting. You know exactly what you're getting into. I don't think you're going to see any surprises. I think they're going to come out. They're going to play balanced basketball. They're going to want to run the floor. They're athletic. They they don't they shoot the ball fairly well. You just gonna have to come out and play very good basketball. Yeah, to me, Texas Tech is so. They had a lot of coverage last year because of the big players they had and everything. And then they had a little more press coverage with, I can't remember his name, but his head coach went left Texas Tech and went to Texas, which personally I think is a huge slap in the face. I, I, I couldn't imagine if, for example, if Mike Leach left us and went to Ole Miss. I, I, I don't know what I would do. I, I think that I just, I'm not a fan of that, but I understand his career choices and everything. But they have been quietly good this year. Number 13 in the nation, and 
You know, I haven't lo- uh, watched a lot of Texas Tech this season, but they're quietly good, and I wasn't sure they were going to be that good after a coaching change. They're, they're quiet, just they're winning games. They're number four, excuse me, they're, number, they're tied for number three in the Big 12 right now, ahead of them is Kansas and Baylor. They, they're a lot better team than, than I realize. They lost just some of the big games they've had throughout the season this past Monday took number five Kansas to double OT and lost by three. Then they beat Iowa State, number 15 Iowa State at the time, by 12 on January 18th. Before that, they beat Oklahoma State, which I consider a pretty good win, by almost 20. Yeah. The biggest win of the season for them. Against Kansas. No, against Baylor when they were number oh, one. Oh, yes, they did beat Baylor. They beat, they beat Baylor... At Baylor, I believe. By three. Yes. And a win is a win. I, when you beat the number one team, I don't care if it's by 10, 15. No, that's a that's a huge point. win. At Baylor? Right before that, they beat Kansas at home. Before that, they lost to Iowa State. They beat Tennessee in overtime. They lost to Gonzaga by 14, which isn't great, but Gonzaga is Gonzaga. For a team that started off not ranked at the beginning of the season because of the situation, and they're sitting at number 13 here, they have something to prove. And let me correct myself. They did not beat Kansas. They took Kansas to double overtime. They beat Kansas in their first game. Yes, but the other night. Correct. Double yeah, overtime, beat Kansas in lost their first by three. Minute. They yes. beat Kansas in the first minute. They, they took them to double OT the other night, January 25th. And in that game, a player that I want to highlight that Mississippi State is going to have to stop. Bryson Williams, I mean, my goodness, 33 points against Kansas. He's hot. Now, granted, that's a double overtime game. you got a lot more time. The kid can play. You're going to have to stop him. Find a way to stop him. He's 6'8", 240. He's a unit. You know, we talk about, like, big guys for us, Tolu being the biggest, obviously. And then we, in our starting lineup, we usually say Garrison Brooks. Garrison Brooks is, listen, I, I love him. I think he's a great player. He's a tall guy, but he doesn't play for, as big. For his size, he looks lanky. And and he isn't lanky, but just for the position he plays, he isn't, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but usually you're just, I don't want to say wide, but he just has a different uh, look to his position and his size. Great shooter and everything, but maybe maybe this is his night for defense. Maybe he comes he, – he's been playing well with scoring. He's had – I think the past six games he scored double digits. He is – as much as we get on to these players, and it's what we do. We critique – we praise them when they play well, critique them when they play bad. Yeah. Someone – is going to have a big night against this. Iverson is exhausted. You just put up 30 against Kentucky. You've got to be exhausted. And I would guarantee... Um, oh, I'm blanking. Um, Bryson Williams, I guarantee he's tired from oh, a yeah. double overtime game against Kansas. Someone's going to have to step up. I don't care if it's Shaquille Moore, DJ Jeffries, Garrison. We're not getting Tolu back, correct? Correct. 
someone's going to have to step up. I agree. I agree. But the big thing in this one, I think, is going to come down to defense. I really do. I think if you can – I just think if you can slow down their man, if you can slow him down, I, th- I think you put yourself in a good position. I don't think you even have to stop him. I think if you hold him to under 20, I, I think you put give yourself a really good shot. But they are a team that can score from all, all sides of the floor. They had 10 different scores put up points against Kansas. Yeah, before uh, you have a point. I'm just we're gonna shift gears because we got ten minutes or so left. We're gonna shift gears into the transfer portal. We were supposed to bring this up earlier in the show, but we forgot to. Tanner, you know a little more than I do in this situation of things. Let's let's hear what action we have. Yeah, recently for recently on the Mississippi State football side of things, uh, some new guys entering the transfer portal, uh, leaving the team. Malik Heath obviously was a, a presence in the wide receiver room this last year had a had a few very big plays this season I was super excited about him coming into the season um, you knew he wasn't coming back he participated in senior day I thought he was going to enter the transfer portal irregardless tragically had a car accident uh, before the team's trip to Memphis for the Liberty Bowl uh, looking at rehabbing now and getting back to playing shape Took a visit recently to South Carolina. Obviously, we, Cody and I at the Dudes wish nothing but the best for Malik. I personally think he's a phenomenal athlete and a great football player. Any offense is going to be happy to have a weapon like that with the kind of speed he does at his size. And then, uh, in terms of the defense, King Ani, uh, a guy that played in three games this last year for Mississippi State but was probably going to be looked at for a, a heavier role this year at the defensive end spot, an edge rusher type guy, physical specimen, but for some reason just couldn't put it all together when it came to the X's and O's, I think. He has announced that he's entering the transport and will finish out his eligibility elsewhere. But I need to look at the name. Incoming transfer for Mississippi State, though. Another guy to compete at the left tackle spot. Transfer tackle from... Middle Tennessee, I believe. Yes, uh, Stephen Lasoya was a three-star recruit out of high school, coming from Middle Tennessee State. Big kid, big kid. So look for him to come in and compete for a tackle spot. Hometown Nashville, Tennessee, so fairly local to Mississippi State. Was a uh, was all obviously very local to MTSU. And Cody, this this I feel like we have a little bit of time left in the show now that we've covered covered that i want to get your thoughts on something and it's it's something that has been kind of in the headlines this over the last few weeks with the transfer portal news coming in do you think that the portal is hurting or helping college football i think a little bit of both with the transfer portal the way it is right now i think it's making i think it's making college football less competitive when I say that, it means powerhouse teams are becoming bigger powerhouse teams. For And, and I'm going to use this example just because I'm an Alabama fan and I know Alabama football very, very well. Jamison Williams, for example, he was a receiver at Ohio State, didn't get a lot of playing time, big-time recruit coming out of high school. Transfers, immediately eligible, best receiver in the league this past season. In my eyes, at least. Probably going to be one of the first guys taken off the draft board. He 
at the moment, is the number one receiver to come off the draft board. If he doesn't, the only reason I think that is because he tore his ACL, I believe it was against Georgia in the national championship. Take that away. I, I'll make this simple. You ta- you, if Jameson Williams doesn't get hurt, he's probably the reason Alabama wins that national cha- championship game. If they win, he, he has also, to be. Yeah, I think they do win it, though, if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt. And then I think he is, without a doubt, no exceptions, the number one receiver off the board. Well, you know, not only Jamison Williams, Henry Toa Toa, a middle linebacker yeah, for yeah, Alabama from, from Tennessee. Some Probably, arguably, in the top five players on that roster, you have two transfers. Well, that's... I think the two most impactful players to a team were Jamison Williams and Henry Toa Toa. And they both – that's what I'm saying. The the way it's set up right now is going to make powerhouses even bigger powerhouses. I agree because I think think what you're going to see is these powerhouse programs like the Alabamas, like the Ohio States, like these blue-blood college football programs are going to be able to sit there and poach – these really good players that may have been overlooked in high school or for some reason have just developed better off of these smaller G5 or, in some cases, P5 teams. I mean, you look at Mississippi State last year. Our best receiver was a transfer from another P5 school where he didn't get many targets. I think it's, I think it's good for the teams, the larger teams, but I think it can also be bad for some teams. And a lot of people are saying that, while it may it may be better for the on-field product, maybe it is. They're saying that, and I hate to use a baseball phrase here when we're talking football, but they're saying it's hurting the integrity of the game. And I can see that argument. Yeah. What it's going to do, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make powerhouses better, and it's what it is. But what I like about the way it is is it gives these players – that come into schools such as Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, where every player you get is a four or five star. Well, they're going to be waiting until their junior, senior year it's to start. giving them an opportunity to leave and go start somewhere else and show who they are. For example, Quinn Ewers at Ohio State is able to go now and start immediately at Texas. Do you think he will? I think Quinn Ewers was better than C.J. Stroud. That's a fair. That's fair. I, I, listen, I mean, he's, he's, only, I th- about, he's genuinely, I think, I think per twenty four seven reports, wasn't he the highest rated quarterback recruit ever? Uh, yeah, I believe he had a perfect rating. Yeah, I think he had a perfect rating. I, that's what I like. It gives these kids options. It gives them a chance. And I like that aspect of it. What I don't like is how it is going to make powerhouses powerhouses. Because, uh, listen, you have your set of powerhouses right now. You got Alabama Clemsons. is going to be good. Or let's put it this way. Alabama is going to be a top five team. Ohio State is going to be a top five team. Georgia should be a top five team. Oklahoma, most years, will be a top five team. I don't know about that anymore because Lincoln Riley is gone. At some point they'll find they'll wind they'll find themselves back in the top five. They you don't will, have resources yeah. like that and don't. Clemson. Down season. I have a hard time believing they won't be back. They're just going to get better. It just makes these teams that are full of NFL talent, it, it's going to make them, them even more, even more exactly. full of NFL talent. So, and it's crazy that I'm saying this as an Alabama fan. I should be like, 
woo, we're going we're gonna to win the next 10 years of national championships because we're going to get all these players that we couldn't get originally. Now we got them, and they get to start because we've got these freshmen coming in. I, but it, it, like you said, it, I think at some point or another, it will ruin the integrity of the sport. Uh, well, here's what I see happening. I see it going crazy for about the next two to three years, and then I see the NCAA stepping in and doing something. What they're going to do, I'm not sure of, but I think they're going to do something. I do. It's a love-hate relationship. It is. I it, love uh, it, it because is. it helps the kids out. I hate it because teams are going to be so much better. I, you know, if Saban, and I know I talk a lot of Alabama, it's just easy for me to relate. If Saban was heartless and wanted to run scores up. Oh, he could. In the next year or two, I wouldn't be surprised if they had a 100-point game against a, uh, just against a high school team. Yeah, somebody you paid $4 million to come play you. Thankfully, he doesn't do that, but you just saw you got the two most impactful players in my eyes to come to your team. Henry Toto will be there next year. Yeah, he's coming back. Will Anderson will be he wasn't Will Anderson's not a transfer, but he will be back. You pick up another big time transfer, which I believe they already did, and I can't remember who it is. Now that defense is gonna be stacked. You do it for offense, I mean Jameson Williams had, I believe, seventeen touchdowns, fifteen hundred receiving yards. A hundred or something rush yards. Yeah, no, you he's don't ridiculous. see receivers do that in their first year with a different team unless you're that recruit that wasn't able to get time at a school like Ohio State. So it's going to impact football. And th- listen, I don't know what they can do besides make it like their old rules were, but then you hurt the players. You do. And Makai Polk, I think, if you if Mississippi State fans want to relate to it, is a huge shining example. A guy that really did not catch many, just didn't get many targets at Cal and that offense comes to the SEC and arguably a tougher schedule, or I think a, a sure enough tougher schedule, in a very much tougher conference and shines. And we, we can't, as, as media members and as journalists, we can't, we can't say for a fact what these players go through at their old schools, why they're not getting targets, because let's be honest here, there are some coaches out there that aren't great people. That's just a fact. They're they're just that, people, and they, they hold grudges just like people. So if they've stepped wrong one time or if they've messed up their freshman year, people don't forget that. So I think in terms of for the players and their futures, I think it's a good thing. And I think it's a great thing for the offseason because it gives us something to talk about when nobody's taking snaps. But I do see the argument where it is hurting the game's integrity. The 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 only thing I can think of, and people would hate this, that you could do is you set a number for schools that you can take so many transfers So at your star level from high school. So, for example, a team can only take two five-star transfers. Uh, but you would four, have to re-rate those. Transfers. You would have to re-rate those. That's the other thing. So, yeah. I, it's a discussion we can come across another time. We're running short. I believe we're down to four, three or four minutes. Yeah. 
Um, Let's go ahead and jump into the anchor point of the show. Of get the back show. to basketball. Basketball, Texas Tech, Mississippi State, 5 o'clock this Saturday. Going to be a tough game. Offensive X Factor, tradition, what are we seeing? Offensive X Factor for me is going to be the easy pick today. This team goes however Iverson Molinar goes. If he can come out in the first half and have a good showing, distribute the ball well, I think this team could very easily walk into Lubbock and walk out with a win. My offensive X factor, I think I'm going to have to take the easy road with you as well. Iverson's got to play great both halves. You, I mean, and it's not just Iverson. The whole team's got to play great both well, halves. Correct, but I think he – I think this team goes however Iverson Molinar goes. Defense, where, what are we looking at? Defense, I'm looking right smack dab at DJ Jeffries. I am. If you're not going to be able to score the ball, if you're going to if you're going to be an offensive liability like you were in the last game, because that's what it was, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You got to show up on defense. You got to have one whale of a defensive game. Prove, prove to the fans why you were in the starting five, because I guarantee you, after that last game, there are a whole lot of people that want to see an Anderson Garcia in that starting five, or a Javian Davis, or you know, when Tolu's back at Cam Matthews instead of DJ Jeffries. Prove prove why you were such a hyped-up transfer. I don't really care who the defensive X-Factor is as long as they can shut Bryson Williams down. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be on him. Ain't that the truth. Yeah, I don't know who's going to be on him, but whoever's on him needs to play lights out because if he plays like he did against Kentucky, oh boy, will I be worried. Or yeah. Kansas, my bad. I'll be worried. But... We're about to that point where we say goodbye and come back next Tuesday. The last thing we have to say are our score predictions. I've got a, and this is going to hurt me, but after the last after the last showing, I just don't know. I've got a six-point Texas Tech win. You know, it's funny. You, do, you did a point thing there, which is what I usually do, because I was going to do a score now, or, like, you get to that point. Yeah. If Mississippi State reaches 60 before Texas Tech, I think we win. I like that. I like that. I can vibe with that. They Speaking have to of which, be in the lead, though. I'm tired they of coming do, they from do. behind. Speaking of which, I know we don't have much time left today, and I'll close it out for us. The vibes today on the Mississippi State campus are immaculate. We've got some gorgeous weather. It's not just too. It's not just too cold. So, it's been a great day to be a Bulldog for me and Cody Blazak, Tanner Marler. Closing it out this time on the dudes. We will see you guys on Tuesday. The proceeding was a WMSV production.